0: And so, with the cup held high, the leave Croke Park, All Ireland football
1: champions for
0: 1949. All oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need.
2: <laughs> Dimpsey hits Darren fair. Anthony Finity comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hit Infinity.
3: Hello, listeners, and you're very welcome to another We Are Mead podcast with Davy Russell and Mickey McBride. Two very embarrassed uh, pundits here on the We Are Mead podcast. <laughs> um, but we'll be coming back to that later in the podcast. Um, on this episode, of course, we're going to be looking back at the weekend's action. Mead traveling across to uh, Galway to take on the tribesmen. Of course, Trim were in All-Ireland semi-final action as well. The hers right next week we'll be looking ahead to next weekend's club uh, competitions as well we have the cup competition starting next week it's great to have the the uh, clubs back in um in action and um i suppose the reason why i'm stuttering here is because then we'll be going to the ga predictions and um, the court the competition the quarter and are running the course we we'll go to our Lottos and then we we'll go to Instagram interactive and just to let you know what's coming up on your loyal Royals podcast this week, we'll be doing a, an in-depth review of uh, that pasting we took in Galway, um, meet against Galway, of course. Um, we'll also be looking um, ahead to the cup finals or the cup competitions. We're going to do a full preview of the cups actually. And we also have a great interview with Damien Griffin, the Nifi man there. He is the secretary of the fixtures committee and um, ex-Mid junior manager as well, um, uh, just to note that as well. And uh, it's a fabulous uh, interview that Davey Rispin did with Damien Griffin. So there's three great uh, podcasts uh, coming up on your Loyal loyals this week. We don't have a review of the Trim game, unfortunately. We weren't able to get to that on Saturday, but we will be um, talking about it here on the We Are Me podcast. So Davey, I suppose um, rip off the plaster. Let's go straight over to Galway. Um, Galway, one fourteen, 14 six points. This game took place on Sunday in Salt Hill. Um, and uh, I suppose... <laughs> very disappointing result in the end Davy.
0: that's putting it mildly I think Mickey. yeah it was it was pretty poor it was it, I was thinking about this and I was, I was there's been some great days there's some been really bad days but for me that was probably in my time watching me the worst type scene because generally you get 15 20 minutes of a performance at, at best you know on a really bad day. From start to finish, from the first minute, pretty much to the seventy-fifth or whatever minute it was, it was uh, it was dire stuff. We were just so flat. We we didn't raise a gallop. And um, Galway, uh, Galway were all right. You couldn't even say Galway were overly impressive either. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't as if Galway absolutely blitz us, and you sort of put your hands up and you say, "Yeah, fair enough." We were just so far off it, and and we made them look um, just just so so comfortable on the day. Um, and it was a really, really disappointing start to the to the league campaign.
3: Absolutely, and I suppose if you take any positives from it, it was a better second half performance, and we did outscore them six points to five. And um, if the if if we were going by halves, it was a draw match. Um, but we're not. We're going by the aggregate score at the end of the game. And um, you know, I suppose going in at half time with no score on the board, trading by one nine to no score, and can't remember the last time Mead didn't score in the first half of a game of football.
0: No, we were actually talking about that up in the press box and, and nobody could seem to sort of come up with it. The only way I'd sort of liken a lot of the first half was sort of against Dublin in the Leicester final a couple of years ago when I think we were doing five, one in 5-1 down at time. We only scored a point in the first half, but you'd actually be happy enough with it. With the breeze Galway we were playing with in the first half, like 25 minutes in, it was five points to nil. That wasn't actually too bad, but in the last ten minutes of the first half, they scored one four without reply. And when the goal went in, Meade just seemed to cave in altogether. And the errors that were creeping into the game, the persistent fouling, and goal eventually found our feet. The goal kicked a few really poor first half wides. Mead had opportunities in the first half; there were few and far between. But when we got into the sort of scoring positions that you'd expect us to be sort of taken, um. We were snatching at shots, dropping balls short And really unconvincing Um, The way I look at the second half Again, I don't think you can really say we won You can say we won the second half Or we drew the second half But we were playing with that gale-force breeze It took us 10 minutes into the second half Before we got our first score of the game It was the 45th minute when Joey Wallace Got our first score of the afternoon And Galway went on to kick What was it, five second half points Against that gale-force breeze I think that sort of tells you all you need to know um, very few positives to take from it And um, a lot of work to do Mickey, you know, we talked about the importance Of the first two weeks and the first two games Facing into a game next weekend Against Roscommon, a team who they Themselves, you know, had a, had a really impressive Win over Cork last weekend It's going to be a, a massive, massive test For me. Yes, it is an opportunity. They're, they're going to take a lot of slack and a lot of flack, you know, both players and management alike. But it's an opportunity to come out and redeem themselves and, you know, put things right next weekend in Navan, and and that that has to be the aim.
3: Yeah, it has to be the aim. And 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 the first two games, we did say that how important they were. I suppose, like you lose your first two games, you have to win your last five games to have any uh, chance of, uh, of 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 getting promotion. But there's also the fact that you need to stay in Division 2 as well. You want to stay out of relegation. Uh, It has been done. I know that uh, the last time, the first time the cabin went up to Division 1, whatever it was, five years ago or whatever, um, they lost the first two games. And it looked like they were staring down the barrel of a gun. But they went on to win their next five and and did get promoted and whatever. So it is definitely possible. But I suppose you mentioned that they're going to take a lot of flack. I, I saw... I've seen an awful lot of um, keyboard warriors all over social media and whatever. And, you know, 99% of them were at the game um, and they're calling for the county board and for the team uh, management to be um, taken out of their positions, which is absolutely ridiculous. You know, you turn around and say that after one game. okay, yeah, you had the the Oberlin Cup, but it's a completely different competition to the league. And... We've seen as well, like the weather as well played a huge part in all the results over the weekend. It was a massive, massive factor. doesn't take away from the fact that meat were below power as well. But I suppose one of the things that I kind of look and go, you know, maybe it was a massive, massive mistake was winning the toss and going against the wind.
0: I, I heard and stories on that actually um, because I think Poruk Joyce came out and... and said that I think Galway won it so there was a little bit of a breakdown I'm not still sure who won the test if if it was a thing that Mead won it and didn't play with the breeze that was a huge mistake because down there at pitch level I actually walked down the back of of the side in which the the wind was blown into before the game and it was incredibly strong and it picked up and it did actually die a, a small bit towards the end of the game and Mead were obviously playing with it at that stage but you're right you had to sort of put your stamp on it in the first half and Paul Joyce came out after the game and he said, you know, if Golly were only two or three points or four points up at time, then it would have been a mistake for them to play with it in the first half. But they found their feet. The goal was huge. It was a mistake by me. Jim Walsh launched a sideline ball in. Ronan Ryan didn't deal with it. And uh, Tom Cullinan, sorry fisted into the back of the net. And that really knocked the stuffing out of me. The, the flip side of it was, Mickey, we carved out countless opportunities for ourselves, particularly in the second half. We couldn't convert. We finished with 11, 11 wides. Um, that was in addition to all the drop shots into the keeper's hands and stuff like that at that level you you know you're, you're not going to be competitive at all particularly against a side like galway who we said you know in the preview essentially they're a division 1 side it is, it was, and is going to be our toughest game on paper. Um, but it was just the nature of the performance. You just expect so much more from me you, you don't, not that you don't mind losing, but you don't mind losing and having a goal. But it was just such a lackluster performance from me that that was the most disappointed thing. Yeah,
3: we will, as we said, be doing a full review of that over on our Loyal Royals podcast. So don't forget to head on over there and get your Loyal Royals podcast the pre the review of Mead and Galway. So. Disappointing day in Salt Hill, but Davy has made the most of the evening. Um, as he stayed over in Galway, he even treated himself to an spa treatment on the Monday afternoon as well. Uh, so I needed it. <laughs> He's, yeah, yeah, He needed a massage did after all that. Um, he had a facial as well. I see. Um, <laughs> Davey, we'll move on now to, I suppose, brighter, um, uh, brighter aspects of the weekend. Of course, it was an especially. And it was a brighter day as well on Saturday. It was a lovely day for football. And of course, uh, Trim were in All Ireland semi final action down in Westmead in the Downs on Saturday afternoon. And they were taking on Symfolius from Roscommon. Um, and they came away with the victory, 111 to 11 points. And, you know, missing their talisman as well on the day, Davey Risman. What a performance and what a win from this absolute juggernaut i think that's 20 in the spin is it
0: yeah uh, it is i think it is the big two zero and one more to go for them as well now Um, um unreal mickey absolutely unbelievable uh they they demonstrated maybe what Mead ought to have probably done against the breeze and put in a really impressive first half display against the gale force breeze i think within five apiece at halftime uh dogged it out wasn't a classic really probably enjoyable uh, and drama filled game of football but error ridden obviously in the conditions that there were but overall in the second half they stamped their authority on it the penalty converted expertly by aaron lynch was crucial in it. um and the, the overall work rate and I suppose game plan that they put into effect, you know, in Daryl Lynch sweeping back in front of the full back line and nullifying the uh, Murtha brothers, German and Ciarán to just a point from play between them was huge. Um, and, and there were full value for it by all means, without, as you mentioned, Alan Douglas, who ugh, going into this game, when I heard he lost the appeal on Friday or whatever it was, I did fear for Trim. I just thought losing that sort of experience and dynamism that he brings to it was, um, would be a really tough predicament for trim facing into it, but all credit to the Mickey. They, they have Ian Birmingham to slot in as he has done on countless different occasions this year. And he did a fantastic job and probably makes, okay, Alan Douglas will certainly return, but he makes himself a difficult man to drop for the for the final next weekend.
3: Yeah. hundred percent. Look, Alan Douglas, massive blast of player. and. Um, and yeah, he was he, he was a, a loss, just the experience and everything that he brings to that team. But I didn't. It's not that I feared for them losing him because they do have such strength and depth. And um, no, he does bring a different dimension to it, and and he wears his heart on the sleeve. And um, in Birmingham, the same great player and the whole lot. But I I don't think their team was terribly weakened because of the strength and depth that they have. And. Um, you mentioned the penalty as well by 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 Aaron lynch expertly taken know uh, did you see the the video of it on uh, twitter I did. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely brilliant right in the bottom corner the keeper guessed the right way but just wasn't able to get to it maybe got a hand to it but the lead up to the to the penalty um you know the intricate play and the passing moves um again you know some people would think they overplay the ball sometimes but this trim team no i i I think it's a it's a it's a mark of the way that they play they're very confident when they do get into those areas and they start doing these quick hand passes and moving the ball about they know telepathically nearly where to be what to do who's coming who's coming off the shoulder who's looping around and uh, they did win the penalty I think it was Owen O'Connor that was taken down mm. for the penalty in the end and yeah I just I I just delighted for them I'm absolutely over the moon and it's an it's a hell, a hell of a year. It's a hell of a season. It was a hell of a performance, and it sees them through to an All Ireland final, Davy. And that game will take place next Sunday in Crow Park at three thirty. They'll be taking on the Derry champion Steelstown, and um, you know, I, I, I like they have plenty of county standard players. There's something. There's there's something happening in in Derry at the moment. And this is just another product of, of, of what's happening up there at the moment. They've got their house in order and they have Steelstone into the intermediate final. And this will be a big, tough proposition. But I'm guessing that the, the, the open spaces of Co-Park will, will, will suit this, this trim team.
0: I just think it's a massive opportunity for the likes of Rob Burke, Aaron Lynch and Kieran Caulfield to strut their stuff in Crow Park and demonstrate Kieran on Caulfield the biggest...
3: Who was, Kieran Caulfield was probably man of the match the other day. It was just uh, incredible.
0: Yeah, and, and like, look, for them boys to taste Crow Park and showcase their credentials on the biggest stage of all, I think it's is an unbelievable opportunity for them. And uh, it's, it's gas that... They're 20 on the spin, 20 wins on the spin, and they're going to go into this game as underdogs for the first time in that 20-game run. Uh, obviously, Steels Town defeating from Kerry, who were odds-on favourites to claim the Intermediate Championship. So that was a massive surprise in itself last weekend. But I don't think that will really bother Trim at all. I think, you know, they'll have Douglas back. The one thing about it is, and, and to be fair, it is quite a settled 15. And I'm Talking about how they sort of have these like pre-planned or orchestrated training ground moves. It's no surprise, really, when you look at their starting 15, It's it hasn't really changed all too much. Barring the odd injury or suspension here or there, it's been very settled. OK, you have to substitute to come on, game in, game out, make a difference and stuff. But generally speaking, that's been a fairly settled thing. And I think that's helped them, you know, form a sort of um, great bond and relationship all throughout the team. Yeah, it
3: really has. And yeah. While it is a settled team, there's still unbelievable players that come on and make a huge uh, difference when they come on. Like and, and and that's what's absolutely brilliant. They're pushing each other on and they're all part of this absolute juggernaut that has been trim all year. And I'm looking forward to seeing this game in Grove Park. And as you said, letting these lads loose, the likes of your Aaron Lynch's and, and stuff like that. And Aaron Lynch, again, ending up at 1-5 um, on the day. I think he has something like um he's averaged 7 8 points a game like he has what is it 329 in 5 games averaging 7 points a game
0: it's he is incredible. he is 230 in the in the Leinster in the five sorry in the five games between Leinster and the All-Ireland semi-final 2-30 scored and that's leaving out what he scored all year in in club scene in Meads. what a talent and like okay he didn't score he got he got uh, 1-4 from place balls and he got a mark as well but again what we talk about is all-around game how many of those frees I think he was fouled for three of the frees he converted do you know what I mean so played a massive part in the penalty uh, as well you know um, just brilliant you know and uh, what a talent! And look at I. I just I. I hope for him. He he has the game that he deserves next weekend. And fingers crossed, we'll see him in a me jersey a few weeks after that because I think that needs to happen too. Yeah,
3: there's a couple of players off that trim team that could slot into that me team. Um, absolutely no problem to them and and would be additions um there wouldn't be bit power players to be additions to that uh, to that meet setup. and hopefully look we'll have to wait and see um we wish them the very best of luck in Crow park next week it's going to be in a hell of a hell of a day out for them and uh, let's hope that they're bringing home that all ireland intermediate title um the second team in what five years six years to get to an all ireland uh, intermediate final? kills yeah yeah St. you know Columbia's like yeah. so um it just shows you the standard of intermediate football in mead is is well up there so it is, um, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that one. So we are, and um, Davey, uh, looking forward to next weekend uh, as well. The hurlers are getting their Alliance Division 2A, um, of the hurling leagues underway in Newbridge on Sunday, and um, they will be taking on till there. It's Sunday the 6th, it's 2 pm, and I suppose. Both of these teams were supposed to meet a couple of weeks ago in the Kyo Cup. Um, it was the last game. They both um, uh, decided not to play the game. There's no point in showing their hand before this. This is, a, this is. I suppose we've, we've spoken about how the meet Galway was a big game. But this is a massive game for the hurlers. This would be one that they would have earmarked for two points um, uh, when they saw the fixtures coming out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the last competitive game they played was, of course, against Kildare in Parnell Park. Uh, in the in the championship last year in that relegation game and what a performance Mead turned in on that day. So they're going to Newbridge and they're going to be playing a team that are certainly going to have a little bit of sort of added impetus to try and get one back over Mead. Uh, they're a very talented young team, Kildare. They've, they're have they newly promoted, obviously, so this is going to be their first outing in 2A. But we talked about it a few weeks ago. This is arguably one of the most important games that they're going to play this year. Uh, to go there and get a result and set yourself up for the following week against Down and Navan, you know, to, to possibly go into the Westmead game third, you know, two from two will be massive. First of all, it would preserve your status or will go a long way to doing that. But second of all, it would just give you the massive lift and... Um, you know, we, yeah, time, and, and you know, confidence, yeah, and that's what we didn't have last year in the league. We struggled, we got a few troubles, and the confidence and morale of the team has really hit hard going into the championship. Now, credit to them when they got to the championship, somehow they managed to turn it around. But this year, the, 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 the sort of feedback coming out from the camp is that the setup is much better, and um, the support from the county board, the, the addition of Searsha Bolfin, and what Nick Weir is doing. Um, okay, you can look at the Keogh Cup and, and try and pick out a couple of negatives from that. I wouldn't really get too drawn into it, to be brutally honest with you, Mickey. And I think the fact that they didn't play Kildare was was a good sort of you know decision yeah, on yeah. both sides of the party too. It wouldn't have made much sense. Both them were out of it. And, you know, as you said, showing their hand. But this is a huge game, huge, huge game for me. And uh, let's hope they can, you know, do it again against Kildare.
3: It's also a huge game for Kildare. So in, yeah. in, in all aspects, this is a massive, massive game because Kildare would be looking at that league as well and saying, "Well, which are the teams that are maybe down the lower half of that that league at the moment? And Mead would have been the last couple of years, they would have been at the bottom half of that table. So Kildare would be eyeing that up and saying, well, look if we can get a result there as well. So it is a massive game for, for Nick Weir and the lads. Look, Davey, you caught up with the joint captain, Marco Sullivan, and the, uh, the evergreen, let's just say, Mickey Burke. Uh, last week at the launch of the new jersey and you spoke about the new jersey and you also spoke about the upcoming league fixtures and we'll go to that interview now and i just want to apologize Davy rispin's mic was torn was turned off during this so he's uh, he, he might be a little bit lower than when the lads are speaking
0: mickey new jersey 19th inter-county season between football and hurling amazing longevity and
2: you're raring to go again yeah looking forward to davy look um Nick and the boys asked me would I come back in again and look when your county asks you you know you always answer the call so um, I'm still enjoying it, body's still good and looking forward to a new season.
0: 2003 is a long time ago and the game has evolved greatly over that time I suppose, you're you're big into your fitness, your healthy eating, do you feel that's helped the longevity over the years?
2: Uh, I think so, Um, something I've always been interested in and passionate about Davy and there's no doubt. From different studies that all these little things help and it's something I've always concentrated on, the little one percenters and they've helped me definitely, I suppose, have a, have, a, have a long career.
0: How's the game evolved and how specifically has your game evolved, say, from, you know, 10, 15 years ago to where you're at maybe today in inter-county levels, I would say?
2: Look, I suppose, firstly, like, uh, strength and conditioning has improved dramatically. Uh, The game is constantly evolving and developing. Um, You know, football, when I started off with Sean, he brought weights into it. Obviously, the Northern teams kind of got big into that. Now it's all about mobility. And I think you have to move with the times as a player. You have to keep developing and changing. And my game has probably changed from different positions over the years. And I'm just trying to to move with the times as best I can.
0: And I suppose Hurland and Mead is going from strength to strength. You had the under-20 success last year. A few of those fellas are going to come up and obviously play, which is this year. Nick there, Saoirse Bulfin coming in. There's definitely a bit of positivity and feel-good factor in the
1: Royal County now.
2: There is. We're getting great support off Glen The 20s won the All-Ireland. Nick has put a serious backroom team together. We know Saoirse Bulfin has been involved with David Fitzgerald. Ed Slattery is the Ireland Ruby Sevens, S&C. And all the the little... uh, The T's have been crossed and the A's have been dotted, so we have to kind of perform now as players.
0: Yeah, and I suppose what are the the goals or the ambitions? Because the Joe McDonough is a very tough renewal year in, year out. You finished incredibly strong in it last year, probably looking to make a faster start and probably prioritise the league a little bit more maybe this year.
2: I think so. I think for Mead hurling to improve, it's important that we get up to divisions. I think if you're playing Division 1A or 1B, getting promoted from Division 2 has to be a a big goal for us like everyone wants to play in Crow Park and Joe McDonagh but I think for the county to develop we have to get up the leagues similar to the football teams you want to try and get up to Division 1 and play against the best teams week in week out
0: and I suppose the sponsorship it's just about to be renewed for uh, a second term two years under the belt and another two years hopefully to come with Glen Vey and a nice new jersey to
2: showcase yeah well. the jersey the jersey's looking well could have picked a better model but <laughs> uh, no we really appreciate Glen Vey's support and brilliant to us we're very well looked after and thanks a million and, yeah, looking forward to the next couple of years.
0: Mark O'Sullivan, Mead, senior hurling, captain. Uh, Mark, joint jersey ca- unveiling. Yeah, joint captain. Of joint course, captain, yeah, that's with important Johnny. to note. Yeah. Um, still going strong, obviously, same as Mickey, you know, had your taste of the football, but going strong now with the hurlers?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I've been, I, I played uh, two or three years, the hurlers, when I was maybe in the late teens, 20s, and then... I've always played with the hurdles throughout the years when I can. Um I think when they won the Christie ring I was injured that year so I wasn't able to play. So no very no the setup last year was very good and uh yeah, enjoying this year now again. You come from a very sporting family, obviously Killian is, is going strong with the footballers, you have Huey on the books uh,
0: the last couple of years and uh I mean what drives you on? You all have different sort of backgrounds but you're all playing nearly elite sports. Is it I'd imagine the the dinner table, there's not too many takeaways around like that. It's healthy eating most
1: of the time. Uh, There's a fair amount of... um, Mom cooks plenty of uh, rich food anyway, so there's plenty of that at the table. But um, No, I don't know what drives us on. Um, I don't know. It's just an enjoyment of it, really. We like the professional aspect of it, and that's the way footballers gone the last few years and the hurlers have gone that way as well the last last 10 years more so really Mm. um and then kind of with huey he's been a proper setup so he's actually he's a bit london irish at the minute so yeah um like it's it's kind of like um prefer to do it all in and have the professional aspect of it even though we're still amateur sport myself and killian then you know not having it as a kind of doing it in an amateur way if you know what i mean you know do it the best of as we can i suppose but um yeah but like it's uh, with everything it's it's kind of it's it's not to be all and end all as well i think i've come to realize that the last few years anyway so
0: do you lean? Is it fair to say then, Killing and yourself lean on Huey more so
1: than he leans on you? I know you know have uh, a longevity no. over him, but. Uh, no, it, it, well, it's always interesting to see how he, how he gets on in um, the different environments than that. And sure, he's finished at maybe two or three each day, and you know he's days off during the week. Um, but like, I know I'd say it goes both ways, really. Um, and not so much how maybe what the Mead setups would be like or what the London Irish setups mm-hmm. are like, but more so maybe how, um, you know, maybe, maybe the psychology aspect of it and that, killing is in the psychology area, so that kind of yeah. thing and uh, just small bits and pieces you pick up and um, nothing specific, but you know, just we always feed off each other and during lockdown we trained each other a lot as well, which was which was actually great, so. Um, yeah,
0: and I suppose for you personally, what drives you on to come back year in year out? Mickey's similar, obviously. Mickey's a few more years than you, but you know you've been doing it kind of year in year out, on and off for the last probably ten years or the guts of.
1: Uh, yeah, well, Mickey's not going to go. He's not going anywhere anytime soon, anyway. Um, but what drives? Um, I'd say, uh, look, last year was really encouraging. I thought towards the end of the season, the, the start of the season was a bit rough, um, but like. We were you know, we went really well in the Christie in the Joe McDonough, um and like we were we were two or three points away from making the final against when we beat Kerry here. Yeah. So like the the I just it's a realisation, the gap isn't that big between us and like the West Mead and Kerry when I mean, there is no gap, you know. So um like if, if Meath were to win a Joe McDonough, you know, the next you know, this year, next year uh, it'll be absolutely massive for hurling in the county so like i suppose that's what drives you on and it's the um there's a very small group of there's a, there's a big i suppose a big group of players last year i ended up there was uh, the, the the squad was quite it was quite tight towards the end of it so yeah. um i think we bonded really well last year towards the end of the season and that kind of that kind of carried on into um Near like a club set up this year as well you know so. so
0: how important then this year is it to uh, hit the ground running because i know the league was quite slow last year and you were only getting into your stride when the season was nearly finishing
2: up
1: yeah well well this like it's, it's, we have a bit of a better idea of where we stand with the, with the keogh cup now this year um, and we've we, we've done you know a good bit of hard training since the middle of uh, early early december Um so like we're in a much better position than we were last year Um, very hard to know where you were last year at all, Um, so like, I think we put ourselves in a really good position to hit the ground running this year Um, and as you said, kind of, if you don't do that, you're really, you leave yourself really vulnerable then to um, being bottom of the table of the league or the Joe McDonough all of a sudden is kind of not, you know, not uh, achievable anymore because you've lost too many games, so. Yeah, look, it's important we start the league now in, in two weeks' time um, very well.
0: Presumably, you'll be happy with the sort of um, talent that is coming through from the under-20s. Obviously, that won the senior B, yeah, or the, the under-20 B last year, I should say, All Ireland. Um, they're obviously going to add significantly to what's there going into this year.
1: Yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah, you certainly hope so, and I think m- most lads kind of, you know, all the talent in the world, but it's 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 supposed the, the attitude and the mentality they, they bring to it um which is which is which which is keep them involved and keep them training hard to push for places. But I suppose one of the one of the biggest things the last few years probably the talent coming through hasn't you know not that many the team has kind of stayed the same really. Um and a lot of lads uh, the average age would uh, would be probably quite high I'd say last year in the team anyway. Um so hopefully you know two or three lads um, who have broken through now You know, since over the last few weeks with games we've played, they push on now and, and they start in the league um, because we really need, need need to have a good depth going into the, the, the league anyway and the John McDonough.
0: And it's not just the stability from a managerial or player point of view, Glen Bay obviously staying staying in touch there and uh, the partnership will continue for this year and next year based on I suppose, what's been happening over the last couple of years as well.
1: Yeah, no, and look, it's really go- it's really important to have that stability, um, because there was times in the past when the meat herders would be struggling to get sponsors. So like it's it's um to have that support from Glen Bay and to um really this year we haven't between the county board and Glen Bay, like our setup is probably the best I've ever seen with a h with the meat herding team, anyway. Um I mean, me than me than general football hurling you know it's one of the best i have ever encountered so uh yeah we couldn't we couldn't ask for more really yeah david the two lads there marcus sullivan joint captain
3: uh he wanted to point that out to you he's not just the captain on his own and whatever and uh he's well fed at home um Mammy makes lots of rich food he was telling us and uh, you know himself and of course killian uh the two brothers there one um, uh flying with the with the footballers, one flying with the hurlers and um, you know, two two absolute, you know, stalwarts of of me of, of GA.
0: Yeah, and of course Hughie uh doing his bit over in London Irish as well, playing rugby. So it's a, it's a fantastic sport and family there. Um he's been outstanding, you know, and he, he's a proper leader. He's he's an experienced campaigner, he's tasted football as well, but he's probably not well, he's probably better known for the hurling, but he's more established in hurling quarters in, in Mead and stuff. And um, great leader with Shawnee, of course, as he as he mentioned too. And uh, they they realize this is a fantastic opportunity. They can't. The cutting of ass for more and the lead up to the season commence, and they have a fabulous New Jersey as well on show. So, um, all all sort of boxes are ticked, fully fledged and a fully fit squad to go into battle with. So, um there'll be no excuses. And Mickey Burke going into his nineteenth. I was just county co- season, Mickey.
3: I was just going to say. Speaking of experienced campaigners, Mickey Burke, nineteen, his nineteenth season in the meat Jersey between football and hurl, and that's an incredible feat um you know and as he said himself like you know when if if a county team comes calling for you you don't shirk your responsibility if they want you there you get in
0: no and and like mickey be brutally honest with you and he'd probably tell you mickey that he hasn't been the most probably naturally gifted or, or talented players to ever come out of this county but one thing about mickey Burke is he works bloody hard he he looks after himself and that's that's testament to himself but that's also why he's still going strong on an inter-county front and seems to have had a new lease of life you know judging by the games he started all the kio cup games and he's put himself in a position now where he's in and amongst it again and uh he's just your, your ultimate sort of versatility player that you can sort of slot him in anywhere from sort of two to 15 and you know he'll do a job for you and um, yeah what what a servant yeah what a servant is right
3: and um, we want to wish Mickey and, of course, Marcus Sullivan and Nick Weir and all the lads very best of luck as they get their Alliance League Division 2A of the Hurling League underway next Sunday in Newbridge. And uh, let's hope they're coming back to meet with the two points there as well. And, um, Davy on the club scene, of course, the cup competitions start next weekend. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's going to be games on all weekend. We have two new cup competitions this year. We have the Premier Cup. And we have the torch and shield. The Premier Cup, Davey, before we go on to the fixtures, I just want to confirm, wasn't there something about if you want to put your under-20 team into it, you can?
0: Uh, you, you can't. No, you can put your under-20 team in... You can enter an under-20 team in a Premier Division Three competition Championship, or lower. is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I was just wondering because... I was just trying to figure it out because in the Premier... Cup, Group A, I yeah. see that Simonstown are in it, but how have they risen to Premier? A? So the,
0: this is essentially a pre-season competition for the second teams that want yeah. to enter as well. Now, yeah. And not all of them have done that. So Simonstown, the likelihood is they probably won't be in Premier A come championship, but there's only probably a few teams affiliating for this stage of the competition. So that's maybe why they found themselves in, in Group A. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, in Group C, uh looks like there's only two teams uh, Trim will take on Dunjotland on Sunday at 11 a.m. In Premier uh, Cup Group B, Rataut will play Colum kills, Gale Column kills at 8 o'clock in Rataut on Friday evening. And on Saturday in Ashburn, it's Dunbar ashburn versus Screen. That one is at half six. Premier Cup Group A, Simonstown will take on St. Peter's Dumbine at half six on Saturday. And on Sunday at 11 a.m., it's Navin O'Matney's taking on St. Column Kills. Now we're going to move up to the Talchen Shield. And uh, we have two groups in the Talchen Shield. So in Group B, you have St. Mary's, Clonard, St. Bridget's and Slane. Um, on Friday night, St. Mary's will take on Clonard at 8 o'clock, and that is in Denor And then in Ballinacree, um, St. Bridget's on Sunday will take on Slane at 11 a.m. Uh, now moving on to the exciting one for Davy Rispin. he's re-igniting that love affair he has with Drumcondra and Kilmainham and Wood, and um, you know two teams that he loves to play against and he knows so much against. Um, uh, also St Paul's will be in and the torch and shield group a so on sunday at 11 a.m it's from condor taking on st paul's in Conduit. that's a nice little spin for the boys from st paul's there so it is for the Biden. that's a they'll probably leave on friday for that one it's nearly as bad as going from um across to st columb kills and then on sunday morning in kilmainham wood davy rispin is traveling all the way up there to kilmainham wood the far side of nabar and he is going to be taking on Kilmainham uh, Wood with his uh, core inside inside Davey um, Torch and Shield you know great to have another cup competition
0: yeah it's going to be a tough start you know uh, away game to Kilmainham who defeated us last year in the league and yep. um, I was only talking to Harry Carbley the other night and we were saying we're going to probably play each other every couple of weeks because we'll have them in the league and then we're going to probably have them in the championship as well at some stage so um, yeah early season fixtures look it's it's a pre-season competition as We'll hear sort of Damien talking about in the um, the loyal Royals podcast as well. But fantastic to have them back and the first set of February fixtures that we've had in what two years now, so uh great years to have them, or three years is, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can't wait for it. Um, it's going to be brilliant. We're just going to run through the fixtures as we said. We're going to be previewing all these cup competitions over on our loyal Royals podcast in the Tolson Cup proper and um, it is there's three groups in this so in group a on friday there's two games Banlock lock will take on Sydney at eight o'clock and Minalti will take on st Dalton's at eight o'clock and um, Minalti at home and Banlock lock at home and um, uh, on sunday at 11am it's dunsany taking on castleton in dunsany and then on sunday also um group c We'll see Kilbride taking on lad at 11 a.m. that game in Kilbride. Moving up to the of Cornelabonia Sunday um, at 11 a.m. in Beliver. It's Beliver versus St. Michael's in Group B.
0: Um, in Group D, Davey, is there only two teams in each of these groups? Uh, that's a good question, Mickey. Um, I actually don't know why that is. Yeah. I'll, let me let Just... leave that with me.
3: Yeah, we'll just have. To I talked I
0: thought there was more though. I did think there was four yeah, it's in each.
3: Like, but, yeah. I wonder why there wouldn't be teams out um in those groups on them on, on those days. Um, in Group D, in St Mullen, it's Pat's against Blackhall Gales on Saturday at 6:30. In Group uh, C, it's Dunshockland against Waterstown at 8 o'clock on Friday in Dunshockland, and then in Kilmainham on Sunday, it's Kilmainham versus Longwood at 11 a.m. In Group B, um, in Arkath, it's going to be St. Vincent's versus Dulik belyastown at 11am on Sunday. And in Rakenni on Sunday morning at 11am, it's Rakenni against Dunderry. Then in Group A, we will see Nobber taking on Bective on Saturday at half six in Nobber. And in Drumbara on Sunday at 11am, it is Drumbara against Oldcastle. Nice uh, tasty one there for the near neighbours. Um, moving up to the Fresh Cup, Group D. Um, on Friday at 8 o'clock, it's St. Column Kills against um, Centralton, that game in Pilton. Um, I didn't realise uh, St. Column Kills had floodlights, but there you go. And then on Sunday in Summerhill uh, at 11 a.m., it's Summerhill versus Dunmore Ashburn. Moving up then to Group C, Grange Garden on Sunday morning. They definitely don't have lights yet. It's Gale Column Kill versus Curaha at 11 o'clock. And also at 11 o'clock on Sunday, it's Wolfe Tones versus Minalvi. And that game is in Kilberry. Um, on Friday evening um, in Group B, uh, Trim are down to play at 8 o'clock against Screen. Somehow, I think that game might be called off. And then on Saturday at 6 30, it's Rothote against Navino Matneys unless Trim are gonna put out the hurlers or something. But go up to Group A, I'll come back to Davey now in a second. I think he's got an update there for me. On Friday evening in Simonstown it is Simonstown versus Nafina at eight o'clock. And on Sunday it's Balinabracky versus St Peters and at eleven o'clock, all the way down there in um in Narnia, Balnabraki.
0: David, Mickey, I have some clarification on the bonus So there's actually three teams in group C and D. Ah, so is yes. uh, basically a boy. yes. So in group C, um sorry, in group D, uh Clanagale have a bye. So they'll be out against either St. Pat's or Black Gales next weekend. And in the other group, Beliver and Michaels are obviously playing, and Mead Hill have a bye. So the only place that Mead Hill and Clanigale are gonna be this Sunday morning is in the attic.
3: <laughs> I'd say they could be on the field training, so I do. Um but yeah, Davey, full round of fixtures. Like it's it's absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah, it's great and, and spread out across the weekend. Um look at I, I still I, I like the Wednesday night games, I won't lie to you now, but The the reason being that they're on weekends is that not everybody has the benefit of floodlights. So possibly when the evenings do get brighter, we might see some more taking place on Wednesday evenings. Because I know from actually talking to club managers out there, they said that generally speaking, you'd have a stronger team on a Wednesday evening than you might have on a Saturday or Sunday because everyone's at home and they're sort of working during the week or doing whatever, college. When the weekends come, there's a whole host of different things going on. So um, we'll see how it goes. But absolutely brilliant to have it back yeah yeah we're looking forward to the season ahead it's back to as
3: close to normality as we possibly can and again it's down to all the work that everybody has done throughout the whole country over the last two years brilliant that we're able to uh, to talk about full fixture calendar for both for for both club and county um so looking forward to that again we'll be doing a preview of the the cup competitions uh giving our predictions and looking at movers and shakers teams that might uh, be uh, might do well at this time of the year or whatever, um, so do stay tuned for uh, that and head on over to our um, podcast. Um, Davey, time to move on now. And another plaster that needs ripping off um, and that's the GAA predictions. Um, of course, it is a core-time competition. It's a brilliant fundraiser that they're doing, but we, uh, we are made have a league of their own um, in the ga predictions and um at this stage i think i'm going to set up my own league Davey Risman, with me in it but i'd probably end up finishing second
0: uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and i'd end up finishing last <laughs> <laughs> somehow but yeah not a great week uh, for for any of the so-called experts and i i don't refer to ourselves as that mickey but um I I had an absolute stinker. I can't even slag you. You you finished with thirteen points, on, which is terrible. But mine was even worse. I finished with ten. The only one below me was uh, the one and only Susan Farrell with seven points. So um, even PS tapes finished ahead of both of us. Uh, so yeah. that'll tell you how poor of a weekend it was for us, Mickey.
3: It was one of those weekends where Paddy just got the dart, put the sheet up on the board, and threw the dart at the board, and 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 that's the only way you could. Have predicted some
0: of the I goals. I'm going to do that next weekend. <laughs> yeah.
3: When you look at it like you know who would have envisaged Armagh beating Dublin um you know uh, in their first year back in division 1 um you know Kerry Monahan sorry Kerry Kildare Monaghan, Tyrone Donegal Mayo all drawn as well so only one winner in division yeah. 1 of the weekend then uh, Derry and Down okay y- y- people might have picked Derry Meath and Galway. A lot of we know an awful lot of people in the We Are Mead league went for Galway, and uh, we'll have to name and shame them. They may have picked up a couple of points for for the Galway win, but you never back against your own. And um, Clare and Offaly. Okay, a lot of people would have went for that one. It was Common and Cork again? That was a coin toss. But I suppose one of the biggest results of the weekend. Well, there was two. Longford, sorry, not Longford. And um, London beating Carlow. Um, coming over the whole way. They were 10 points down and came back and won that game. And then Waterford and Tipperary. Tipperary, who won the Munster Championship, pot two years ago, and, you know, have come back down from Division 2 to Division 1 and were contenders for Division 2 a couple of years ago. You would have thought they'll get their house in order and they'll come straight back out of Division 4. They were held by probably their lowest-ranked team on the island and um, when it comes to football, and that was Waterford, held them to a draw. And there was one guy um in our league, in the Weir Mead League, who predicted three out of those four draws as well.
0: Yeah, so Barry Hand had he he picked four draws. The other draw he he predicted was Leash and Loud. Obviously, Leash won that game. But of the three out of the four draws that he picked, he nailed. He got the Waterford and Tip game. He got the Donegal and Mayo game, yeah. and he got the Tyrone and Monaghan game, which was absolutely incredible. Um, he ended up top of the week, or ireland League, needless to say, with forty-nine points, 49. which is is an incredible. When you put it into perspective, I got ten, you got thirteen, Paddy Stapling got I think seventeen. If you put us all together, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have equal got what Barry we'd still got. Be behind so them, yeah. I think that's kudos to him I don't have the official result yet it should be out by tomorrow but if somebody beats him you know good luck to them Um, so not only is is it looking like Barry has got the the round one overall prize money but he's also taken the the front row seats to go on and claim the Trevor Giles jersey obviously there's six rounds to play and credit to Paul Carlin the Kilmainham Woodman down in Australia he got 41 points which is bloody good going he's second in the We Are Me league Uh, Gary Coyne 37 third Sean Duggan 36, fourth. So they're all very, very good weeks. But and uh, sorry, on any other given week, they'd have hundred percent cashed in. But uh no, when you come up against Barry and inspired Barry hand, Mickey. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Inspired is right. Davy, can you just name from the bottom of the league up to maybe 10th from bottom or something like that? Or maybe
0: maybe fourth from bottom
3: or fifth from bottom.
0: <laughs> so starting at the foot, uh Susan Farrell, and then getting to the soul, it's myself, Davy Rispin. Oh. Uh, Porak Boylan is joint with me on ten. Ivor O'Halloran, twelve. Richie Quigley, who was buzzing for this, and I know we put a lot into it. Uh, Thirteen, but I know he picked Mead, so you know we won't like anybody who picked Mead. Um. Next up was Shame of Lanny 13. Fergal Lynch from the Mead Chronicle, Mickey, only 13 points as well. So another one that has to be sort of thrown under the bus here. Um, Paddy Kevin from Oldcastle, 13. Dan Sheridan, 13. Eddie Coldrick, 13. Mickey Brennan, 13. There's a lot of people on 13. <laughs> <laughs> unlucky for some. It's yeah. unlucky for a lot. <laughs> uh, Rory Staunton, 14. Robert Perfield, 14. Kenny Morgan, 14. Gary Alder, who said he didn't want to see his prediction, 14. Mags Joyce, She's off the foot of the table on 16, Zach Griffin, 16, Leo Weldon, 17, PS Tapes himself, 17, Mark McCoy, 17, Thomas McLeod, 17, Peter Duffy, 17. That's the biggest insult to us, Mickey. Um, (laughs) Tom O'Connor, 18, Nick Gogan, 18, Barry Crowley, 18, Sean Hughes, 19, Keith Fitzsimons, 19, Colin Crosby, 19, Colin O'Brien, 20. Hora Coyle, 20, Darren Gill, 21, Dunica Lynch, 21, Jamie Levy, 21, Barry McDonnell, Mike Chambers, both 22, Joanne Byrne and Karen Kerner, 23 apiece, Alan Tormey, uh, Shamie Gallagher, Jack Blake, all 24. On 25, then you have David Byrne and Jamie Costello 26 is Tommy Owens, 27, Henry Clifford, 31, Richie Keeney and Aideen Smith, Thirty-three Sean McGrath, thirty-four Nicholas Finley, thirty-five Shane McNiff, thirty-six Sean Duggan, thirty-seven Gary Kine, forty-one Power Carolyn, and top of the tree at forty-nine is that man Barry Hand,
3: and Sean Duggan up there as well, not in close pursuit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Galway game definitely give him a few more points than that. Oh, is he one of the lads to back
3: Galway? Yeah. Uh, uh, do, do are, are we going to go through all the the lads to back Galway against me? Is it okay? I, like it. I, I, I can't, can't, no, we won't. Um, GDPR and all that, but how, how can, how I just, I, I'm just trying to like, what is the mentality of somebody who goes against bets against their own? You know, uh, is it a case of
0: it's amazing uh, when the few quid is down, isn't it? That's you what know? I was going to say. When the
3: few pound comes into it, when the yeah. few pounds comes into it, and a, and a retro Trevor Giles
0: jersey, it's every man for
3: himself, and fuck me, county.
0: Exactly. Let's hope we see a few more. I think I think mead are four points again in round two. So it's it's appetizing, you know, and you have to pick as you've seen with what Barry did, you know, he he was ballsy. He he, I don't know how he did it. Like I wish I hope he done a few he had a few quid on 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 a couple of those draws, by the way. Do you know? I'm just
3: looking at it now and we'll say the average score for a draw is nine points, is it, or eight points? Yeah, eight to
0: nine, yeah. Let's say nine, right? Yeah.
3: If you had just done draws in every game, four nines, you'd be on 36 points.
0: Yeah, which probably would be very close to maybe getting a few quid. Probably not just the way it's gone, but if you were sensible about it and you picked the bankers... Now okay, you might say Kerry should have been a bankier too, but yeah. and Tipperary, But like let's say you picture Cavins and you know the ones that you, you thought you you pick up twos, you could easily equate 40 points there. I always say that if you know there's generally two to three draws across the board. If you can nail one of them and your predictions across the board aside from that are decent enough, you're gonna be banged there.
3: Yeah, because like uh, if you're gonna bet on all the favorites, they're usually two points. So you have to pick up five favorites to be more than or four
0: favorites. A, a draw, to, exactly. To, to,
3: to, to, to get one draw. It's um, yeah. Um, maybe we're giving away a, a little trade secret there, and everything. Well, we should we should start trying
0: draw. to to do what we're <laughs> preaching, Mickey. If that's the case.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh look, Kamir, it's uh, I, I I do love it every year, and and um, I do hate it as well because it just <laughs> it would absolutely wreck your head. So it would. you're just looking at results going. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Now i you going to gonna have to listen and. Uh, yeah, and uh, if that wasn't bad enough, I was looking at the, we were commentating on the Calvin game on the weekend, Davey, and I was, um, uh, Ray Galligan, the goalkeeper, was mm. top scoring for Calvin with five points, I think, out of like eight at one stage, and I said, you know, it's it's weird to see your goalkeeper top scoring at this stage of the game, but just to, again, to reiterate, he hasn't scored any from play, and we, we, we hope he's not coming up to kick any from play. and. De- Damien turns right and he says to me, it's, it, you know, it, it, it's happened before and it could happen. We wouldn't mind if uh, Ray Galligan was coming up because Rory Began does that all the time. And I says, look, let's leave Ray Galligan to the goals. And Rory Began, while he do- has done it before, he's not going to do it too often. About two hours later, I was inundated with texts. Rory Beggins is after scoring a point from play. And I was mm. just like, oh, typical. You know, like, was, uh, talk about a weekend where everything went wrong. It was just one of those weekends where no matter what I said or did, it was always going to go against the grain. Um, yeah, look, um, again, uh, it's still open, the GA predictions. Um, and you can do it weekly or you can do it for the whole Seven weeks at this stage, if you're going into it, you will be behind us, but not by much. And um, so, get on to ga there and uh, join up. Uh, it's a bit of crack, and of course, as we said, the leader at the end of the seven league games and um, from the We Are Mead League will be picking up that retro Trevor Giles sleeveless jersey. So, and um, yeah, and as well as that, you get to boast about um, your, your your how many points you have compared to me and Davey Risman and all that kind of jazz. Um, Davy, we'll move on to our lotto segment, and um, I'll let you kick it off there.
0: Yeah, Dunshockland and Royal Gales first up on the draw from uh, last Monday night. The numbers drawn were 16, 21, 22, and 27. No jackpot winner. One match three winner, which was uh, Regina Ratigan. She wins the 200 hundred euro. Next draw is uh, tonight, Monday, at half eight, live on Facebook. So pretty much as we speak, uh, jackpot capped at 13,000, reserve at 13,000, second reserve of 5,600, 200 euros added to that every week, and you can play it on Club Force. Uh, ball and Lock, the letters drawn were uh, J, M, K, and S. No, jackpot winner, 4,900 euro did not go. They had one match tree winner who was Ryan Corcoran, and he collects 100 euros. And um, Minalvi 8, 12, 13, and 16. They had three 20 euro winners who were Peter Bryan, Joe Gill, and David Kane. And um, again, no jackpot winner. Their jackpot moves on to 8,900 euro uh, this week. ManalbaGFC.ie or play that on the Club Force app. Castletown GFC starting afresh from €1,000 and uh, it was not won for the second consecutive week. Numbers strong were 1, 4, 6 and 21. They had lucky dip winners. Darren Finney collected not one but two um, of those. Angela Carroll, Jamie McMahon and Chloe Casti also uh, cashed in there. Oldcastle GFC, uh, 12000 still next uh, Wednesday night coming. GFC is 7,700 euro jackpot was not won either last Friday night. The numbers drawn were 8, 13, 23 and 30. Uh, five 20 euro winners were Sinead Brady, Andy Noon, Sean Boylan, not the Sean Boylan, uh, but another Sean Boylan, Martina McHugh and Pamela Kavner. Uh, Mickey Costello won the Kilkenny retro jersey. And we move on to 7,800 euro Friday night at Cortonga.com forward slash lotto uh, Kilmainham 9300 euro that's a nice one uh, every Monday night and you can play online through Club Force and the final one on my uh, list at the moment Mickey is from Gail and from last Thursday night 114, 12 and 29 were the numbers there was no winner of the 12,000 euro jackpot though uh, they had three match three winners who will share 150 quid between them they were Mary Ann Henry uh, Bernie Lynch and Mae Flanagan it's 12,000 euro again this Thursday night Brilliant. Central Centralstone's Lotto is still a massive €10,000. You can
3: do it on Smart Lotto. Go to any of their social media pages and you can do the Lotto there. And then from Simonstone, last week's Lotto, uh, there was no winner. Obviously, there was a winner the week beforehand. Um, There was only one match, three winner. The numbers were were 10-22. Twelve and twenty-seven. Leanne Harris picked up the uh, hundred and fifty euro there. I think for the three numbers uh, next Friday. The jackpot is eleven hundred. You can play online or through the club's app app. Um, and and then Jelly just proceeded to tell me uh, that the fresh cup game is on and um, Simon nafina and the Premier Cup Simon versus Dunboyne on the weekend. We already gave them out. He said it's great to see the club and county are back in full swing. And he says on a side note. Davey and Mickey, I hope the both of you are ready for February the 18th, and um, the League of Ireland is starting back. So, um, <laughs> he always gets his little say in, so he does uh, our our, um, our um, jelly, but uh, we, I'm sure we'll probably get to a bit of that in our Instagram interactive, and we're going to go to Instagram interactive just now.
0: Absolutely, Mickey. Uh... It's probably not going to be the most positive and upbeat and uplifting of Instagram interactive, but let's get stuck into it. And one positive note was uh, the reunion of the Northmead Choir Boys who were on tour in Galway on uh, Saturday night. Great to see them down there. Alan Moore spearheading the gang in uh, Galway City, and they enjoyed a fine weekend of uh, uh, shenanigans.
3: You, 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 just to confirm, you did say Northmead Choir Boys. Yeah, 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 okay. The, 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 lads, that could be, the, the lads that could be misconstrued, you know, it could be misheard or whatever. So just to make sure they were the singers.
0: Yeah, so. they were absolutely. And they were they were in fine voice, maybe more so Saturday night than Sunday, but they were still there on Sunday, which you know, all credit to ah, them. Very good, very good. Um, there's one bit of League of Ireland that we get out of the way quickly from Jack Walsh, and he just said Georgie Kelly gone to Rotherham, tough for Bohemians to replace him.
3: Yeah, um, it's always tough to replace a player when he leaves, but um, it's obviously um, big
0: big wages over there. Yeah, uh, thankfully that's done. Uh, Tom O'Connor said, didn't even get a pint in Galway to make it a worthwhile trip. He was actually on to me on uh, Sunday on his way down. He was asking me, is there any place good for a pint in Salt Hill? And I actually said, there's a couple of really good pubs in Salt Hill, but he obviously just didn't get down in time and uh, that really compounded his misery, Mickey.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It uh, it started off bad and it just went from bad to worse by the Sensley's for poor Tom.
0: Yeah, he's followed that up by saying there should be about five to six changes next week. Get lads in who haven't been given a good chance. Yeah, there's that. Um,
3: again, just something we probably didn't hit on. you we were missing three of our most um, talismanic players off that team and most influential players. Um, no mr midfield pairing of Brian Menton and Ronan Jones and and, and, of course, Conor McGill at full back. So, you know, I don't think the three of them are going to be back for next week. But I'm sure that um, there will be a sh- bit of shuffling done. And uh, let's hope for a big performance against Roscommon um, when they visit Navin on Sunday.
0: Yeah, very, very much so. Uh, Sean Fitzgerald, who was at the heart of that fantastic trim win uh, at the weekend, said, veteran Declan Dowling off the Crow Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he he was Derek Dowling now uh, on the radio,
3: and he was he was many different uh, names and and whatever, but we know him as Declan, and we know him as the veteran. And isn't it great that at this late stage in his career that he eventually got to Crow Park, Davy Risman?
0: Yeah, unbelievable. And he might just bring the curtain down on his illustrious career on uh, Sunday Mickey if he is to go up the, the hollow steps of the Hogan stand and lift the Intermediate championship. What a Wouldn't way it be to be a great go out. way to sign off.
2: Ah
3: yeah, what a way to go out. Yeah, yeah. Ah, look, he owes Trim nothing at this stage. The years of service
0: he's given. <laughs> what a player. Uh <laughs> lucky to be working. Uh, David Ferris, of course. Yeah, hey. And he, he said uh, me GA should refund the supporters who travel to Galway. Yeah, ah, to Galway. Oh, yeah. Um,
3: look, you just got to take the ups and the downs. See so you do, and um, that was one of the downs, and we just have to get up, shake it off, and uh, as I said, I'd be expecting um, a massive kick out, out of me next week. Um, you know, that's as a player throughout my career. When 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 something like that happens, you have to you have to show a bit of grit the following week and and, and uh, show show show
0: the naysayers I suppose sure uh, Joseph Shepherd Brady said the scoring master class in Salt Hill. I I assume he's referring to Galway Galway yeah and, and they weren't
3: even at full tilt the bit of looks things.
0: No no uh, Sean McDonough has said game plan question mark plan B question mark game management question mark Davey um it it was it was hard to see it to to be brutally honest with you um like well, Galway yeah did did they have nine wides in the second half? They had eight, I think eight wides possibly in the second half. Maybe um it, it was it was a bit improved, but not not really good enough. I mean, when you look at Galway, everybody knows the way Galway set up. They they drop men back and they look to break at pace and they have those sort of player, those flair players that can sort of inject that bit of pace and dynamism into it, you know, Shane Walsh, for example. Um, And that's a clear game plan and blueprint for how they play and they want to play. Looking at Meads just on Sunday, I did not see that. You know, I couldn't see what the sort of pattern or the the makeup was of it. Um, And when saying that defensively for the first, 20 or 25 minutes It was pretty good You know to, to only concede Five points But it was The ball retention And when we got To a certain point In the field We would cop The errors it Cheaply yeah. Like there was, we had a free On the opposite Inside the opposition 45 which we chipped back And Galway ended up Getting a free down the other end And a point from it That's the two point swing When you know We should be Was uh, that we, against the wind? Hey, uh, Yeah so we were Yeah we were We were against the wind But like You know That shouldn't still be happening Um Yeah but but anyway, it it is what it is. Uh, Brian Flynn just said like a junior B team, and uh, so Bridget's quickly got on to me about that, and they says, uh, "How dare he say that about a junior B team? <laughs> How dare they compare that to a
3: junior B team?" So uh, oh, Brian yeah.
0: Brian ought to be careful there. He doesn't mess with the Balakri men or uh, nobody, sorry. With nobody <laughs> messes with
3: Balakri. That's for
0: sure. Um, Connor McGovern. Um, or oh, Sorry, Robert Perfield uh, next up, and he said, Deflated. I need a pod of my own to get it all out. Yeah, um, yeah, look, it is.
3: It's, it's a tough day at the office uh, for everybody, you know, for the supporters, the players, and I'm sure there's nobody hurting more at this moment than the players and the management. So, you know, we're, let, let's let's reserve judgment until three four games into the league.
0: Yeah, um, next one up is from uh Andrew O'Brien, and he just said, shopping full stop. Okay. Um, Sean Murphy just said none for talking points and then he followed it up by saying <laughs> so he said none but then he said not good enough at all Injuries <laughs> not injury's not helping but really really poor today yeah um no, I have nothing to say on the
3: matter but
0: <laughs> But I'll say something anyway <laughs> Good man uh, Susan Farrell says Never thought I'd almost be thankful to COVID for keeping me home from Salt Hill today with the sad face I, I'm sure she's probably trying to brush up on our predictions to get off the foot of the We Are Meat league table <laughs> for next week She'll probably blame her on COVID as well
3: Davy she, 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 she at least she has an excuse <laughs> for, for her mind not picking the right uh, results uh, throughout yeah. the, the- four leagues and um, me and you no no excuse mm. we were the fifth of our house picking those
0: uh results yeah and um, brendan Byrne just said what the f happened he, he i didn't blank it out on the instagram but i blank it out on the podcast but uh i suppose that was the, the sort of overriding emotion for everybody going there that we were relatively optimistic we knew it was going to be a big test but it was just um it was just one of those
3: yeah um Leaders. Were we missing leaders, Davy? Is that like did were we missing somebody to take the game by the scuff of the neck and to
0: you know Yeah and, and I, I was thinking about that actually uh, probably only today really when I had a chance to sort of play it back in my head and I was thinking about in the span, was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I was looking into the water, I was thinking about Mento, and <laughs> you know, the <laughs> fact that he's well, he's been an ever-present for the last yeah. we would say 10 years, or certainly throughout Andy's tenure. And granted, it hasn't been a sort of settled partnership, but there's always been Mento and another. And the fact that he wasn't there and it was a completely sort of new look midfield, I did feel that. You know and Connor McGill was named to start, he obviously didn't start. The full back line was significantly weaker than we'd have anticipated and expected. Um, so you know, yeah, those two guys are, but unfortunately, they're not going to be there forever either. So we do sort of need to make contingency plans to, to, um, for life after them. Um, and that sort of answers the question that Kieran McGrogan has asked. And he said, Our Jones are meant and injured, and unfortunately, they are, and the likelihood is. They may just miss the whole league, so we we sort of just have to contend with it, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I said it last week that I I, I was looking forward to it because I thought that it was a chance for maybe some of the younger players, the young pretenders that really want to get in there on the team, that it was a chance for them to lay down a marker and say, yeah, I want to be the midfielder for me. But um, obviously, Porter Carnon, is a, he's not an elder statesman, but he's been there a while and whatever, and, uh, and like he's. He's a great man to have in midfield with somebody like Mento or whatever. Um, But for him to be your experienced player in midfield, it just probably... And look, I'm sure Andy's hands were tied. He didn't have enough options. One of the options, I suppose, was probably playing um, on Saturday afternoon. Rob Burke, I think he's a player that could be well looked at for the midfield sector when Trim's year does come to a halt.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I'd agree with that. Evan Connor is asking why Jack O'Connor has been left on the sideline. Um,
3: did you ask Andy why he's been left on the sideline?
0: I didn't. know unfortunately, Mickey um, probably wouldn't have asked him anyway. <laughs> to be <laughs> to be brutally honest, even if I was talking to him, but like, it, it, look, as Tom sort of said that you know he he'd expect five to six changes. I would say that okay, he didn't get on, but he would certainly have to be to the forefront because he's a scoring forward. And ultimately, we lacked we we lacked that on Sunday. And in general, we probably do lack natural scoring forwards. And Jack O'Connor, at, at club level in me, to be fair to him, consistently is one of the best in the county.
3: Yeah, and then again, you look at the full forward line and you think James Conlon and Jordy Morris, who both played well in two separate games in the um, O'Byrne Cup, and... Um, they're free scoring forwards
0: when 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 given the chance. Yeah, I thought Jordy did well when he came on, though. I I thought he made a difference, and he and he certainly did contribute and make his presence felt. I was surprised he didn't start, but I'd be astonished if he doesn't start now on on Sunday, to be honest. But yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Leo Weldon is next in, and he said the heads went down after the goal.
3: Yeah, you said that as well. They looked deflated after the goal. It was like. They'd worked so hard, weren't getting much on the board, nothing on the board up the the field, and then bang, this sucker blow, um, ball not dealt with it in the full back line and flicked into the net then by Cullen Ann, as you said. Um yeah, disappointing goal to give away. Uh
0: Carl Fleming is next in, and he said Jerry Dwan not happy with the Fatelease uh fatalities, isn't that how you pronounce it? Falius. sorry, boys calling him chicken legs.
3: Yeah there was uh, there was a couple of comments about the the group of uh, follies lads that were behind the goal giving abuse into the uh, to the to the players and to the officials um apparently it was uh, it was rough going there behind the goal so
0: yeah no it, it was and there was another one in um actually about that and I will just try and dig it out I'm pretty sure it was yeah it was Shay Magan and he said how those uh, follies uh, supporters weren't kicked out, um, shocking stuff. So it sounded like brutal stuff behind the goals.
3: Yeah. Well, look at the end of the day, they they won't be getting a chance to do it again.
0: No, absolutely no. not. Um back to uh, the county scene, you'll be delighted to hear with Edel McNamara, and she said no shape today playing backwards. And did you feel like that, that? there was no shape, it was all backwards, or was it they uh, did, 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 did just not
3: have the answers for the way that Galway were set up?
0: Yeah, possibly. Um, I, I did think that's that's what you had to do against the breeze, probably. We just didn't execute it, our handling was was off. It it was a horrible day in conditions like that, so you're always going to make mistakes, but it was the turnovers that Galway forced from me that were detrimental to me because Galway punished us time and time again. Whereas when me did win the ball back off Galway. They didn't have the penetration to punish Galway, if that makes sense. And that was a massive difference as well. But yeah, that's a fair point. Um, Shane Mulvaney said, good to see we're not short of experts to take over, judging by the Facebook comments.
3: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, And that's what I was getting to earlier on. Like, you know, the abuse from these keyboard warriors who weren't at the game and yet abuse Andy and the players to the level that they did and i i know some of the people that were calling for their heads i know them personally and i'm like going what in god's name are you at? what would you know um but um yeah look you just have to ignore them um and the real supporters will be at the games and will support andy and the lads no matter what and in two or three weeks time after the third game you know then we can start to make judgment on on everybody
0: yeah. Um, Noel Brady said, "Not enough Northmead men on the panel." It's only oh, taken a week for that to come out.
3: Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, first National Football League game of the year, and uh, the Northmead boys are
0: shouting for their corner. Well, Andy has my number. If he wants me, he knows where I am. So, um, yeah, I-, I doubt they're that stuff so. uh, <laughs> Darren McVan next in, and he wants to know was Splan right or wrong. In what? He was on the Sunday game, and he was yeah. he was quite critical of of me. Then um, he just, I think he questioned. I didn't really see it. I seen a small clip of it, and I think he questioned the direction we were going in, why we can't string together a seventy minute performance. Um, the the blood and thunder and sort of that that you'd always associate with me, he felt wasn't there on Sunday, and he was he was perplexed as to why that was.
3: I, I when it, when when they when when the pundits start talking about me, I I do kind of zone out. I watched the Sunday the game all right, and I didn't really pay much attention to what Splam was t- saying. I was just kind of, I was still kind of reliving all the moments that I was after watching. And it was pundits. it was the
0: first time we were on. I think first probably in ten years maybe yeah, <laughs> they to the go yeah. on, didn't
3: they? Well, damn right they did.
0: Uh, John Kelly wants to know, when will Jack Flynn and Breen Connell be back? We need more options at midfield with Jones and Menton out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Like
3: we do. And we're do, we hoping that they'll be short-term injuries and that they could be yeah, back yeah. in the next couple of weeks.
0: Breen is actually back. Breen was on the bench on uh, on Sunday and he did do a bit of running after the game, I seen So uh, he's an option for next weekend. I'm not quite sure on Jack Flynn, but I, I have a feeling he mightn't be a long-term absentee either. Yeah. Um. A uh, bit of calls for Keith Curtis to get a look in here. Something going on here, I reckon, between Jack Hart and Jack Lowen. Uh Jack Lohan says get Keith Curtis on the pitch fast, and Jack Hart says Keith Curtis needs to start to change the dynamics up front immediately. He said,
3: "Yeah, I'd like to, he's a he's a player I'd like to see on the on the forty, um, left footed, right footed. He's a, he's a player that can open defence, he can score, and um, he's the type of player I'd like to see on the forty, um, purely for." And leaving the likes of Jordy and and James Conlon on the inside, and you know working in a triangle, yeah. I, I look at this stage, we know that that Curtis has, has has all the credentials as well. And look, we don't pick the team though, and that's that's just it's just it. We'd like to see these pairs on. I suppose when things are going bad, you'll make these calls. You know, yeah. And hindsight is twenty twenty
0: sure Carlito's trim said replace me team with trim
3: um or just bring a few of them trim players into the me team when they're finished um after the lift the intermediate trophy next year or next week in um in copa
0: yeah and uh, Dave murta said there was common lads behind the goals um, again so yeah we um, then them. They won't be troubling trim again though that's for sure um bah, bah, bah. dylan buckley said will trim bring home the all-ireland trophy look they're up
3: against it uh, they're going to go in as underdogs but they're, they're, i i don't think that they worry about tags and um, to be honest with you um and as i said i can't, just can't wait to see them using coal park to their benefit because I just think that that field will suit them down to the ground the way they're playing football this year.
0: Hopefully. Uh, Paula Carlin, uh, who did very well in our GA predictions, uh, said, good job, GA Go, in the game.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of people getting in contact asking, was the game on GA Go? Um, yeah, if you, if you had spent your €15 Euro on that game um, on GA Go, you'd, you'd probably be... Sending them an email saying that there was a glitch and you didn't get to watch your property, looking for your money back. Mm. Cahill BC said the
0: meat Jersey,
3: meat Jersey's class, mm. um, really, really nice, love it. Um, it's uh, it's tasty and the white one is nice as well. The
0: keeper, I told you that last yeah. week, I think, didn't I? The the yeah. keepers one is is very nice and it was a bit like that hoax one that came out a few years ago. Um, where are we now? Sorry, uh, Efa. Farrell Instaifa said, when is the pod drop? Withdrawals after Mullingar. I'll be back to Vogue and Joanne. <laughs> well, she'll hear
3: the podcast and her question being answered when the podcast drops.
0: <laughs> to be fair, she did get in touch a couple of weeks ago and she said we've taken over Vogue and Joanne as her favourite podcast. So I said we'll we'll take that all day long. Um, I don't know which one is which, though. Um, I don't know.
3: What I think they, it's all the I think it's all the beauty tips you to be given, Davy, and spa <laughs> um, trips that you would be talking about, and facials and. So I, I'm Vogue
0: Williams And you're Joanna McNally Is it You're not that funny To be fair She's funnier than you <laughs> um, And the final one in On a lighter note And it's not from That man B.S. Taves Because he knows We have so much content This week But it's from Bernard Daugherty And he said Dub's getting shot on By the Archer Boys. <laughs> we needed a good laugh Mickey. Uh, Absolutely
3: Now you said it
0: Now you said it
3: um, uh, yeah, like we think we had a bad week. <laughs> Can you imagine being a dub? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> imagine how they're feeling. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all are all very quiet the, 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 the last, uh, the last few days, which is great to see. Um, yeah, look, come here. As I said, let's reserve judgment. Let's, you know, get behind them and remember that it's only the first game of the year yes it, we we did that, did have the oberon couple of games and whatever but and we have an awful lot of injuries and um, i want to see a kick out of these lads next week and 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 you know that i know the pride that they have in the jersey i know that they're all hurting but the, you know some of the players just have to stand up and say no this this is not good enough i uh do you know what i don't care about my reputation i'm going to just go out there and i'm gonna i'm gonna kick socks out of this um, and I'm going to take this bull by the horn. And you know, again, as I said, you w- we, we did say that you probably need to get at least one win out of your first two fixtures to be putting yourself in a good position towards the end of the season. If, if we lose against Roscommon, it's not all doom and gloom because you still do have the five games. Let's wait till the third game and um, to 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 make any kind of a judgment on on the team and players. The only thing is that if you do lose to common, that it does heap more pressure on you going into those games. And um, it's it's a sink or swim um, mentality then, uh, fight or flight. Um, let's hope that the fight or flight instinct comes out next weekend against Roscommon, David.
0: Yeah, and uh, do you know what, Mickey, just on that, I think it's very important that the Mead supporters stick with them and uh, next Sunday in particular you know in Nav and it's 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 been a good sort of fortress for us down through the years and we always seem to come out with a really good performance backs against the wall and uh, we're gonna need one obviously against a very talented Russ side who probably will welcome back the Myrtles and that too so um I just try and encourage the mead supporters to, to stick with the lads not get on their backs straight away and, and give them the support that uh, they need next Sunday. Yeah, and it'll be a completely different
3: style of football as well. It won't be the counter attack football that Galway play with like 15 men back and then trying to break out of defence. And again, just to remind you that on our Loyal Royals podcast this week, we will be doing a full review of Meeting Galway. We will have the Damien Griffin. And the, the interview, the secretary of the fixtures committee from Nafina, and we will be doing a preview of all the cup competitions as well. We want to wish Andy and the lads the very best luck in Navan next Sunday against Roscommon. And of course, we want to wish the hurlers the very best luck next weekend as they get their league off to start against Kildare um, in Newbridge and, of course, Trim, who are um, playing in the All Ireland final on Sunday. Park and have three against Steel's 10 of Derry. Look, that's it from this episode of your We Are Meat podcast. Remember, We Are Meat Why
2: matters more.